Welcome again to the North versus South podcast featuring myself, Heath, and my co-host, State. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. Really good. Tell you what. So happy, you know, bam, you know, international week. What a real pump that is for all those fantasy league players out there. Season's just started and boom, they give us an international week. What a brilliant shout out by the UEFA or FIFA governing bodies. And it's put me in a good mood, as you can tell people. Really happy about that. We're currently sitting here recording while England are playing Hungary. Neither of us have any interest. I think this is just international football the way it is nowadays. But this week, we've got an absolute belter for you guys. We have decided to go with a feature that we've been working on previously, which is basically a a team of the past. We are going back to the 1994-95 season. My my main man here is going to be working with the North teams. And State, if you would like to tell me the teams that you currently have for the 94-95 season. Well, I've got Blackburn, Everton, Leeds United, ooh, Leicester mm. City, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Newcastle, Nottingham Forest. Brilliant, brilliant eyes. Norwich City and the worst team in the history of football, Sheffield Wednesday. Yes. Nice. And I have Arsenal, Aston Villa, Chelsea, Coventry City, Crystal Palace, Ipswich Town, Queen's Park Rangers, Southampton, Tottenham Hotspur, West Ham United, and the old Wimbledon. Oh, and look how your favourite team, Palace, is in there again. Yeah, you, you know, massively happy about that. Great work. They got relegated that year. It was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> Four teams got relegated that year. God, I mean, you know, that's right. massive, you know, that's one fifth of the league got relegated that season. I think. Oh. You know, absolutely nuts. <laughs> they yeah. they cut it down to twenty the season after, yeah. So only two yeah. teams came up and four went down. Yeah. Um, but so this week we we've actually put a pin in the the shit list and our game week week reviews and previews. And this week we'll just be focusing on this team of the past. And basically, we'll have a cheeky little quiz at the end. The state will be providing. This this week, like I say, we're going to go to the 94-95 Carling Premier League and we are going to assign a value for each player that we pick. There's a 100 million budget, just like normal. And we're going to basically fight for whichever players we have when it comes to a, a very a final North versus South. Who is the ultimate team from our two teams? And that'll be quite a nice little debate that we'll have. Okay, so it's 1994. All right, John Major is Prime Minister of the country. We have love is all around, wet, 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 that's just boring the tits off everyone. It's been in the charts for ages. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say it was boring. I mean, if you watch the film Bobby Hood, Prince of Thieves, you know, Brian Adams' song from back then, that bored everyone because that was on for longer. Wet, 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 at least had the decency to bring it off before it went beyond them in terms of number one for the amount of weeks. So fair play to Marty Pella. We've just come away from the, the, the USA World Cup 94, where certain players like Daniel Amakachi have just got their big move to Everton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> State and I are currently around nine, ten years old. We are probably a little bit defeated that England didn't make the World Cup, but we're looking forward to the Premier League season. We'll, we'll, we'll jump into our, our picks. And as I said earlier, 
we will we'll be basically picking a squad of 15 100 million budget we'll be basically making up the amount but you know we've, we've, we're trying to be as as fair as possible to the other one i'm as usual um at a loss here with some awful southern teams uh their kind of renaissance doesn't come until the noughties really so i'm having to work with what i've got and state i've got to be honest with you if you don't have a squad of 15 of, of northern players you've just not argued very well which is a uh, yeah it's unlike you so um if you'd like to crack on with your goalkeepers for the northern yeah. section very very easy section to be fair is this is this part um lad. um so right in fantasy league i'm sticking to the tradition of what we do we get a good goalkeeper in and then we get a keeper in who's not going to play at all pretty much that's what i've gone with my squad so it frees up some millions elsewhere so peter schmeichel is my goalkeeper from man united okay he played 32 games that's Season out of 42 games, so he missed 10 games. Uh, Gary Walsh, I believe, um, replaced him, but he got 21 clean sheets in those 32 games. No other goalkeeper got 21 clean sheets throughout the whole season, so no other club got that many clean sheets. So a couple were close, but 21 clean sheets in 32 games. Wow, you won't see that. You won't see that at the moment. To be fair, you won't see that from anyone in the league. So yeah, I think. Um, I think yeah. That's just a self-explanatory. You're doing a pretty good impression there, Peter Schmeichel. Um, yeah. I don't know what you were trying to grab there. I just uh, caught Daddy Longlegs. It was, um, <laughs> it was floating around near me, and I was, it was starting to get my nerves a little bit. So, yeah, sorry about that. I did grab it quite well, didn't I? So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, so Peter Schmeichel's in there. Um, I've put him in at the top end of the price range. He's a £6 million goalkeeper. You know, that's that's the, the high end, isn't it, in, in the current... Yeah, market. No, so I don't see any oh, anyone sort of turning around and saying I'm wrong there. You know, I didn't want to go undervalue him because that gives you ammunition to go at me for that. And I don't need that at this moment in time. I'll need that later on. So um, so yeah. Then my second goalkeeper, because um I had Leicester City in mind, was a guy called Gavin Ward, absolute nobody. He played six <laughs> games because Kevin Poole, anyone who's listening from the 90s. We'll remember that name. Um, he, so he played six games. He didn't get any clean sheets in that. I'd put him down at the minimum four million. He's not going to be more than that because he's not going to play. I think again, I should be, you know, backed up on that. So ten million spent on my two keepers. One of them outstanding. Twenty-one clean sheets. So you're not going to be able to beat that. Um, so thank you very much. And you're probably right. Um, I really didn't have a huge amount to pick from. Uh, I'll start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, My, I, I won't lie. I had John Lukic, he got 17 clean sheets. Tim Flowers got quite a few. You know, I'm, I could I could go on. David James, all these players. I, I, had, a, I had a luxury of goalkeepers, I will be honest about that. I, I think if it had been a season before or a season after, I think David Seaman would be quite a good competition for Peter Schmeichel. But this season is where Arsenal had an absolute stinker like they're doing in real life at the moment. Actually, it's not as bad then as it is now because they are, you know, mid-table mediocrity at the time. Um, come 12th that year, weren't Something, yeah, something yeah. around there. And David Seaman wasn't, you know, I don't think he had a particularly good season because they didn't have a particularly good season. I had another option, which was Dimitri Kareen. But when I actually kind of worked out who I should go for, I ended up going with um, stats alone can tell you a certain thing, but also 
I remember this guy. So Ludo McClosco at West Ham United Ooh, got 13 yeah. clean sheets, but he, he got 144 saves. And that was one of the highest from my area. So therefore, I would be expecting some save points there. You know, 13 clean sheets wasn't really a lot. But at the same time, for the teams that I'm picking from, that was probably one of the best. And who can forget his incredible performance against Manchester United on the last game of the season to, to help Blackburn yeah. Rovers over the line. Yeah. And my back, my backup keeper, he actually had more clean sheets, uh, which is Nigel Martin, who was at Crystal Palace. He only conceded 49 goals, but Crystal Palace went down. So I think he probably was, if he, well, I, I don't know, maybe him or Chris Armstrong would probably have been Palace's player of the season, but Nigel Martin was one of their best players at the time. It has um, surely got a boatload of bonus points for Nigel exactly. Martin that season. If they go exactly. down, yeah, he keeps 13 clean sheets, you know, don't concede that many goals. So, um, yeah. You know, so he's made saves as well. So, yeah, he'll 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 have been primed for, for bonus points that man that season, surely you'd think. Yeah. I, so I've yeah. I've gone with Big Ludo at five million, which I think is fair enough. And I've gone with Nigel Martin at four. Well, I, I suppose given the fact that Palace did come up that exactly season, so it would have been a, a low a low He probably would have been four point five million, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean just just make a note of 0.5 on the side if I need a pull that out, out on you later on then I will do so there you go <laughs> so let's um because obviously guys we're sticking to our 100 million budget here so you know it's um it's very important that it's strict. you know we we are strict here so yeah I want I want you to list a, a, a just a, a casual point for 0.5 on, on, on your side I, there I, I, I'll be telling you honestly and this is probably a, a bit of a hint of things to come but I, honestly, you could probably put him at seven million. It wouldn't affect the overall amount <laughs> paying for these players. Um, <laughs> so, so that's that's the, the goalkeepers. Realistically, yeah, I can't really compete with with Peter Schmeichel. Uh, I can compete with the other chap, but not Schmeichel. That's our goalkeepers. To be honest, I I think that's probably arguably the most boring part of this because there aren't. To be fair, the goalkeepers on paper. I was looking at quite a lot of them thinking, I remember him being really good. I remember him being really good, but maybe... I had loads of options. John Lukage at Leeds was a big one for me. I mean, he played he played every game that season, like Schmeichel, and he kept 17 clean sheets, and he actually made a lot more saves, which you'd expect because United dominated a lot of games that year. So I was very close to going with Lukic, but I actually... Don't like the fact that he played for Leeds, really. So and and his kicking, his kicking was an issue. I don't know if you've ever heard about yeah. this, but <laughs> back in the day when they changed the rule, John Lukic was one of the best goalkeepers in the league. They changed the rule, the back pass rule. Mm. So that if anyone's listening, I don't know what they changed it to. In the early nineties, you could just pass the ball back to the goal goalkeeper and he could pick it up. But team teams got done for time wasting. Well, actually, I say they got done. They didn't get done for time wasting. They could just constantly do it. It was quite. Yeah. a a dull thing to do. Um, and basically what happened was they obviously now have the pass back rule, which means that if you pass it back to the goalkeeper, he can't pick it up. Um, and John Lukic really suffered apparently because they went from being, he went from being one of the best goalkeepers in the league to a very average goalkeeper because he just couldn't kick the ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he definitely couldn't. All right. So defenders. So you need five defenders. All right, I'll start with the Southern defenders, and I'm going to start with an absolute classic defender, 
who had a left foot that was beautiful. I can't think of anyone who had a better left foot. Maybe actually, gonna, I, actually, I will compete with that. I guarantee you. Okay, I actually think that I've got two of the best left footers in my defence. All right, so I'll start with Stevie Staunton, who was at Aston Villa. I've put him down as five million because at Villa they were a decent team, but they weren't one of the best. Although they had been a couple of seasons before, I would say they were mid-table mediocrity. They had a stinker of a season this year, but. Steve Thornton came in with six goals from left back. So I'll be honest with you, he's the highest. Uh, actually, he's not. <laughs> we'll come to that. He scored a lot of goals uh, from left back compared to the rest of the guys who were on offer. He needs um, to be 5.5 million. Yeah, again, again. I mean, <laughs> I, can, I can put him at 5.5 and it really wouldn't affect the overall team value of 100 million. Trust me. <laughs> so... Then uh, moving on to from one left footer to another, we're going to go on to a guy who just moved over from Liverpool. I don't even think he played as many games. I think he played 25 to 30 games. This is Julian Dix at West Ham. Yeah. Scored five goals, all of them penalties. Proper, hard, you know, defender. Nine yellow cards, but with 13 clean sheets. I think he was one of the big factors that turned West Ham around that season. Wasn't a Liverpool type of player. So ended up kind of um, uh, you know, going to West Ham and they absolutely loved him. He went, he went, to be fair, he was signed from West, he was at West Ham and went to Liverpool. That's and right. Went back yeah. to West Ham, you know, because um, I, I actually, first football game I ever went to see, Julian Dick scored a free kick for West Ham. I remember it in the 80s, late 80s. I think he was 1989. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, he, he had a left foot on him and uh, he, he kind of, I suppose he was like he was similar to Troy Deeney in the sense that you know he puts the ball on the spot and you've got a feeling he's just going to smash it down the middle, and the goalkeepers can stand up but they just couldn't stop it. So that that's my second defender. My third defender, I'm looking at a guy who at the time was playing for Wimbledon, end up getting a move to Newcastle. This is Warren Barton, um, and and the reason why he got the move was because he actually had eight assists that season Wimbledon had a very solid season finished mid-table he got 12 clean sheets uh, they did concede quite a lot of goals Wimbledon they had a very unique way of playing as uh, if, if if you're not aware Wimbledon were the crazy gang who basically oh, yeah. had a style which was a kind of well, no-nonsense attack yeah. um, and tough direct. and direct. direct Yeah, get the ball up to, to the striker and yeah. basically let the uh, let, let the other team defence deal with it. Um, and they were very successful until, unfortunately, they got relegated in the late 90s and then they never really came back up. They had some players there, to be fair. And, you know, they were... I mean, I think that season, they were the, the third best Southern team that came ninth, you know. So, yeah, yeah. They had, they had some know. good players. They had Robbie Earl, they had Dean Holdsworth, they had... Uh, who else do they have? Well, I don't want to give away any other picks I've got here, um, but nah. they had War Warren Barton. <laughs> yeah, Warren Barton. Big yeah, Diddy so Jones. He won't be inside later on, I bet you that. So don't worry. No. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Vinny, as a, as a Watford fan. But yeah, so Warren, Warren Barton gets in there at 5 million. Uh, also, I've put Julian Dix as 5 million. I think that's fair enough for, for those two. And Staunton, again, 5 million. So now we're looking at the my cheap defender, uh, who is a, a, a Danish maverick in Klaus Thompson at Ipswich Town. Now, Ipswich got relegated and they had a poor season. 
I think they see the 93 goals. How are you picking a defender from Ipswich? What is going on in the world? Klaus Thompson <laughs> scored five goals and got four assists. I don't know if he played fullback or if he played centre-back, to be honest. I didn't do that much research into him because I knew he was going to be a set-and-forget fifth defender, always going to be third on my bench, never going to come in. And let's just say injuries, suspensions to Julian Dix and, I don't know, oh. Warren Barton's combing his hair and, and missed a coach. Oh, Klaus Thompson might get in. Hoping and hopefully, one of the games where he scored one of his yeah, goals. Yeah, got an and assist. They, yeah. And, they didn't, and they didn't concede five. because or, yeah. or, or nine, like they did against Man United. I've got Klaus Thompson, uh, who's my little bargain. The, the last one is controversial. So what I've done is I've got some backup options just in case that, you don't that, accept it. That wasn't right. your controversial one. No. no. So, uh, by the way, just if, if you didn't work it out, Klaus Thompson is a, is a solid four million. There's no arguing with that one. Do, do, you, do you know what? The, this is the, the even scariest stat about this. He was actually their top scorer that season. Exactly. That's why I spotted him. <laughs> but, but, but he was in a defence that conceded 93 goals. Kept three what a legend. Teams, so yeah. I, mean, I, just, I just have this, I have this image in my head of, of the, there being the 4-4-2. And it turning into a, a three four three with Klaus Thompson being up top, and you know, oh, <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? Come come back here. We've conceded four. Maybe yeah. that's why they conceded ninety three. Exactly. Was off yeah. we, we've conceded four, but I've got myself a goal and an assist today, so <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so I've done well on fantasy leagues. Exactly. <laughs> he, he's 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 a trooper, Klaus Thompson. You're in there, mate, at four million. And this is a controversial one. This one, I think, is going to get dismissed. It came up on one of our podcasts quite recently. And this is the reason why I thought I could kind of throw him in there. And, and I can't wait for, for State's face now when I say Dion Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. No way. Not a chance. I'll tell you what. I know he's every now and then played at centre-half, but he was a striker, right? He was a striker. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's not happening. You can... I mean, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I could give him you if I really wanted to because my team's going to kick your team's butt. But no, it's not in the fair spirit of the game. Fair enough. Right. Fair yeah. enough. I think, I think if you... The thing is, I was thinking, if I could have Dion Dublin, you could have Chris Sutton. And that what that's one hell of a defender because he scored bagfuls that season and he was down as a defender-striker. So well, he must have played defence at some point that season. Well, so he's not in my squad. Is Sutton? That's a bit of a spoiler there for you guys. So yeah, it's it's fine. But no, you're not having Dion Dublin. You can okay. sort right off. All right. Well, <laughs> Dublin. I'm sorry, buddy. You're definitely not getting I, in up top. Actually, no. I'll take it back. You can have Dion Dublin, but it's twelve million to you. No. Okay. Dion Dublin. He, he's out. In comes one of Ugo Ehiog <laughs> at Aston Villa. Andy MP at QPR or Richard Hall at Southampton. I'm not too sure which I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to go with Andy MP. I remember having one of those little big-headed figurines of Andy MP. Yes. And I, I don't know why I remember that, but I do. He was kind of like a, a winger slash fullback. So I'm going to have him just to be cheeky yeah. again. It'd be, a, um, it'd, be a, it'd be your ideal wingback in today's modern game, wouldn't it, Andy MP? Proper exactly. wingback. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go with him because he's ex an exciting player. I'm sorry, yeah. Richard Hall at Southampton. You conceded way too many. And Ugo Ehiog at Aston Villa, you just didn't do enough. Sorry, yeah, buddy. They had a bad um, season, though. They've gone from being really close to winning the title to 
really bad in a couple of seasons. Yeah, I think Big Ron got sacked that year as well. Um, <laughs> he, he came out in the media and said something along the lines of, you know, you come back here in a few months' time and you'll see a different situation, as in he was implying that they would work their way up the league. And in a few months' time, they came back and he wasn't manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Andy and sure. he comes in. Yeah. I'm going to put him as the same price tag as I put as Dion Dublin. I'll put him down as five million. QPR were a pretty solid Premier League team at that point. So, yeah, that, that's that's the the Southern defence. Again, I, I really don't think it's going to be able to compete with the Northern defence, but we'll see. No, probably not. I'd have let you have 4.5 million for Andy and just so you're aware. So you can knock one of those point fives that I made you put on earlier off if you like. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> well, you said you got two left footed players that I can't compete with so I'm going to leave them two to last because I've got two who are better than yours um, and the stats will tell us that they're better than yours so you know that's just to, to to get you get you thinking who are these two people you should know one of them right off straight away the other one I don't know if you will have thought of him yet or not but anyway so my defenders solid defenders obviously I've got a bit of luxury here because a lot of the teams up in the north were far better and um, winning, you know, taking the top six spots. So anyway, first defender, I've gone for a second Leeds player in my squad. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a bit against Leeds, but actually I've got three Leeds players in. Oh no, yeah no, yeah this is my first Leeds player. Sorry, there's a second one coming later on. Spoiler alert again. Um, but um, <laughs> David Weatherall, towering centre half, thirty eight games, three goals, two assists, but. The key thing was Leeds got 17 clean sheets that season. So, and he played in every game by four. So, he's, you know, he's had a minimum of 13 clean sheets, but I pretty much reckon he'll probably nearly all within there. Um, so, David, big tall David Weatherall, no nonsense centre half. He was there, because, I think it was just before the, the time of um, Lucas Radaby sort of coming to the, the forefront at Leeds, I think, at, at that point. I think, it, I don't think Weatherall had too many more seasons. I mean, I think he had three or four more seasons at Leeds before he went on to Bradford, but he was definitely sort of, you know, that was, I think, him at his sort of peak of his of his defending talents, in, in my opinion. I think, um, yeah, Mr. Radaby came along after that. I've put him down at a cool five million. Um, I think, you know, I think that's a, a pretty set price for him. Um, you know, if you disagree, you'll, you'll make comments. No, or... no, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Yeah. So then, going on to a, a no-nonsense centre-half who's, you know, not known for very much footballing capabilities, but I needed someone, you know, cheapish. Peter Atherton. Now, it pains me to put a Sheffield Wednesday in this squad. It really does. But, you know, he played 41 games, one goal, he got six assists. Wednesday got 12 clean sheets that season. I just thought it'd be quite cheap. 4.5 million I've put him at. Um, I maybe could have pushed him in at four, but I think I'll go 4.5 for him. Um, but again, he's a bit of a nothing sort of player who you have in your squad in fantasy, but he played every game. He'll have got you some clean sheets every now and then and, and some, you know, a few assists, you know, six assists, not too bad, I don't think. Um, so, so yeah, Peter Rafferton there. Um, I mean, he's no Klaus Thompson, but yeah, go for it. You're right, he's no Cloud Thompson because he <laughs> didn't concede 93 goals that season. You're right, um, fair play. Um, but, but, but if that's how we're comparing people, then you know, I'll get rid of my next person and then my next two will blow Cloud out of the water. Dennis Irwin, 
no one needs any introduction if they know football on the night's Dennis Irwin. For those of you who don't, you know, those young those younglings who are looking reading into our um, podcast, have a look at the Dennis Irwin. He's got some great goals in his time. But I mean, this season he didn't score as many, but he played four games for United. Like I said, they got 21 clean sheets. Um, they, they, actually, United got 24 clean sheets that season, but 21 of them were, were Schmeichel before. They got another three with Gary Walsh in there. So there you go. There's some knowledge for you guys. You know, I've done my research. 24 clean sheets. He played 40 games. He's had a minimum of 22 clean sheets there. He's got two goals, four assists. Irwin's played for one of the best teams, so he's going to be a bit higher. And he's, you know, I put him in at 5.5 million. Don't know if you agree with that. But, yeah, pro- probably. I'd probably give you that one. But he, I think he was penalty taker, wasn't he, when Cantona got suspended? But um, don't know how many penalties that, he actually took. But well, that that season actually, he um, he didn't take any penalties that season. Um, really? I thought he had one. He definitely had one. Not not according to my stats. Not according to my stats that season. Um, right. But uh, but I could be wrong. He did start taking them a bit later on. But because um, Canada played the first half of the season, and then um, Brian McClare um, took the other one once Canada were gone. That's that's the my readings from it. But um, yeah. are you looking at the right season here? Because I'm pretty yeah. sure he scored. I've I, I watched ninety four ninety five season, and he scored a penalty against Southampton. You might be thinking of someone different. I, my stats don't tell me that, and you know, my well, stats don't lie. Stats. Exactly. All right, let's let's have a look. Go on, yeah. carry on anyway. So now on to the two left foot players who are better than your two left foot players. So first one is a man who played as at Everton as a left back. I know who this is. Andy Hinchcliffe. Now he only played 29 games that season. He scored two goals. He got 11 assists. 14 clean sheets Everton got that season. So 11 assists though, man. And and do you know what the beauty about this is? Everton were a shit team then, so he's going to be cheap, you know, because previous season, they finished 17, survived on like the last day of the season, that Graham Stewart goal against Wimbledon, keeping him up. So Everton weren't a good team back then, you know, still pre- still sort of debatable if they're a good team now, if oh, to be fair. Sorry, Everton fans, but let's be honest, it's the truth. So I've put him in at 4.5 million and he got me 11 assists, you know. I'm happy. Now, the main man, the surprise package of the season was Nottingham Forest. And they had a certain left back who, let's just say, has a great relationship with England fans from his 90 days. 1990, his tears were unforgettable for his missed penalty. In 96, he made it up with, with some, you know, against Spain and Germany with taking penalties. But psycho, Stuart Pierce. Oh yeah, came up with promoting Knox Forest, where he spent pretty much all his life playing. They, you know, they kick up promoted. They came and came third in the league. He scored. He played thirty six games. He scored eight goals. Four of them were penalties. Just before you say, oh, they're all penalties. They weren't. They were only four. Ten assists though. Still, there were thirteen clean sheets for Boris that season. If you if you want to really argue that you've got better left left foot players in your in your defence than me, then you know I'll give you I'll give you twenty seconds to try and prove that. But I think we both know you're going to struggle. It's fine, it's fine because while you're talking about Stuart Pearce, who is by the way one of my my favourite football players 
in general because of the way he was and you know just just loved the fact that you know he took free kicks he took penalties he smashed them didn't celebrate it's just like that's my job to score a goal i just love that i thought it was great but i'm just going to quickly share my screen if you're on the podcast I mean, you're not going to see the screen i'm just going to show it to state there's a certain mr Irwin with a uh, 80th minute penalty and 10th of may 1995 against southampton i wasn't imagining it that's the way to me then which then throws <laughs> all the other stats into cahoots now well i'm i'm flabbergasted anyway uh no fine for you mate but yeah i guess we at least i win one little argument because i'm certainly not going to win who's better out of my guys and I actually think I, at one point I was actually thinking Dennis Irwin would be my best defender but actually I think I'll probably go with Pierce but Pierce. Irwin would be one of the best as well yeah um, Pierce just scored all those points for you you know he's, and, and I, I mean I don't know if I've been generous you know been a bit I, I put him down as a five million since the kick got promoted that season you know I, I put him as five maybe he could have been 5.5 I thought five million was pretty fair given they were in the you know the championship or division one the previous season and the previous season before that they got relegated in twenty second spot in bottom place so those, I mean that those were his best ever stats in a single season that year for Forest I think for anyone you know before he moved I think he went to Newcastle later on and had a brief stint at West Ham but that was his best ever season in the Premier League when it comes to goals assists. And he didn't miss any of his penalties either, so he wouldn't have got you any missed penalties. And he didn't get a red card as well, which is quite, quite, quite surprising to see. Got, you know, he got seven or eight, seven yellow cards that season. because uh, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a dirty player, was he? He was, he was he putting he a strong tackle. Stuck, he got stuck in, but you know, in those days, you could get away with that. But it wasn't. Oh, it'd be, it'd have been screwed now. It'd have been. Him. Yeah. Just imagine Ronaldo running, running at him, and um, he just gives him a little tickle. It'd have been sent off several times. hundred percent. I'm, honestly, mate, I'm I'm already defeated with the yeah. defense, defensive and the goalkeepers. So, if you want to um, carry fly, on on this, fly, on this momentum, I'll fly through my midfield for you just to make your life feel a bit better about yourself. You know, so don't worry. My midfield, I'm quite happy with. I mean, there's no sort of out and out what you class as superstars, but then again, the stats tell you a lot still. So, I'll start with my I'll start with my lower end player. So, my cheap midfielder. Gary Flitcroft at Man City. You remember him? He had beautiful parting, you know, and everything. <laughs> he, he could have really got involved with the Spice Boys at Liverpool if they thought he was any good, but they probably didn't. But I, I always thought he was an all right little player, you know. He played 37 games for Man City that year. These were in the years when Man City were a real football club, by the way, guys. It's not, not a big sellout like now. So 37 games, five goals, four assists, 10 clean sheets City got that season. So he got the odd clean sheet bonus point as a midfielder 5.5 million he's your cheap midfielder who's you know going to get you two points most games occasional goal occasional assist nothing special but he's he's there just as you you know your backup when one of you a couple of your guys don't play because you know he's going to play moving on another Leeds player Gary McAllister this guy was a good player he played 41 games for Leeds that season, got six goals, eight assists. Leeds obviously got a lot of clean sheets after the 17 that year. And so Gary was in there for me. Um, I've got him down as a seven million player. I think that's that'd be around fair for, for, for him. I think, you know, it's um, one of those where, yeah, Leeds did have a good season. You know, he was never sort of like a prolific 10 
20 goals season midfielder like a like a Frank Lampard. So, you know, I think, you know, I think he'd be around those those numbers. Maybe I'm a bit low on him. He might he could potentially go up slightly, but um, that's what I sort of laid, laid him down at. He did take penalties. So I think he did miss one that, that season from the stats I've got, which again, don't, they're not too faulty. Um, so, so Gary McAllister there. Now on to my three big guns in midfield. Not in Forest again. I've gone to them. And they bought a player called Brian Roy that summer for 2.5 million, which you said you think now doesn't sound like a lot, but 2.5 million now, just to give you an idea, is it's like if you saw our League One club signing a 2.5 million player, you're thinking that's big money, and it was big money back then. It was decent money. It was their record transfer fee. It wasn't like the biggest, the biggest, but it was very good still. Um, and they, they brought him from uh, Foggia in Italy. Played 37 games. He scored 13 goals and he got 11 assists. And you know he was not known to the Premier League. I, I can't remember if he went to the, the World Cup with Holland. I think he might have done. To be fair, but you know he wasn't. You know deemed their sort of standout sort of player. It wasn't a Dennis Bergkamp who would turn up in an Arsenal um, sort of shirt um, you know, a few years later. But yeah, I think he might have he, been a squad player, right? I, I don't know if yeah. he, he wasn't a starter, but if, I think he may have been in the squad. But just yeah. to also just to kind of back up state here about the, the value of that amount, I think Andy Cole signed for Man United uh, during the season. His, he was about 7 million. That was yeah. the record transfer that season or that point. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you're signing for 2.7 million, that's, that's a fair bit of money. I mean, I've put him down as an eight million player because you know he's not really well known. I think that's fair. You know, Forrest came up again. You know, he was obviously their marquee signing then. But yeah, um, yeah, he was in the squad for the World Cup. Um, I don't think he played all that often though. But like I said, good player and good stats for the year. I think I think you're being a bit generous there. I think to be honest, I, I would see him a modern day equivalent would be someone like Rafinha last year for Leeds, mm. where he, you know, not a lot of people knew about him, but he's obviously a quality player. I would say seven million or six and a half, seven million. But yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's good for me. Rule Fox is my next player. Now, Rule Fox, legend at Norwich City and then Newcastle. You know, he did a lot for those clubs. He was part of the, the Newcastle sort of side. I think they came six that season. But yeah, Crazy Mr. to Rule. think that he, he sold out and went to Newcastle. There's not many times you hear that nowadays. No. Back then, Newcastle had the money, didn't he? And I think he'd, he'd, he'd been at Norwich. Obviously, the first, few, first season in the Premier League, Norwich were up there and came, not third, I think. Um, I think Kevin Villamite come second that year in the first ever Premier League. So he was there with Norwich was sort of like in their pump, making Europe and doing bits. And then Newcastle came along in 93, got to get promoted. They had money at Newcastle and basically bought, you'd sort of say in a way, they bought their way up, up there to get into a competing sales. Not like you'd see close by now, but they've spent a lot of money. But anyway, yeah, they bought Rule Fox. He played 40 games. He scored 10 goals. He got 11 assists um, that season. Um, he wasn't a penalty taker or anything either. He was, you know, he was a wide player, played out wide on the right wing, um, or sometimes on the left. But yeah, he, he was very good with Rule Fox, to be fair. And um, I mean, that was his best ever season in the Premier League. 
Um, to be fair, that, that year he, he went and signed for Spurs after that season, and um, obviously went downhill from there, which mm-hmm. um, you know happens to a few people. Um, but I put him down as eight point five million because he was quite a popular player then. I thought, and um, you know, obviously I had some decent previous season stats. Um, so so yeah, that was him. Then the final player in my midfield, the Russian winger. Andrei Kanchelskis, who played at Man United, he had he played thirty games, so he didn't play. You know, he played thirty out of forty-two, so not many. Because they also had Lee Sharp as a, a third winger, so him, Giggsy, and Sharp they were there. But he scored fourteen goals. He got three assists. Maybe not as much on the assists, but fourteen goals for a winger, not bad. And also, he'll get the odd clean sheet bonus because United kept a lot. So yeah, he was. Kanchelskis was a um, you know quality player. He, you know, if you watched him play, if you watched him running with the ball, sometimes he was frightening. He just had so much pace to burn with the guy, even with the ball. Um, you know, and that was his final season at Man United. To be fair, I think um, he fell out with Fergie, but he went to Everton the following season. He, he scored even more goals at Everton the following season. You know, so it was you know just ridiculous. Um, He's um he's a sort of output in terms of goals that year was was his best previous season he'd only scored six his first season with United in the Premier League he'd only scored three so you know he obviously ramped up his game that year that's why I gave him a, an eight an eight point five million sort of um, um price tag um there as well yeah that that completes my midfield. Yeah, I mean, I think that he actually got moved on, didn't he? Because they were bringing through the kids, weren't they? They were bringing yeah. through the Beckhams and the Skulls yeah. and the Someone Nevilles. David Beckham got brought through. I mean, no one wins over with kids today. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I do think that that was, I remember when I was younger and, and hearing that Kanchelskis had moved and I couldn't believe it because he just, it felt like he, he had peaked and then they got rid of him. And not only got rid of him, but they kind of... It was yeah. well. Giggsy was obviously the the more of the post boy of the wings, but I mean, Giggsy only scored one goal that season, so yeah. he got eleven assists. So granted, yeah, he got a load more assists, but you know, scored one goal. No offense, Giggsy, but that's just not good enough for me. Let, let's let's kind of let's get away from from these uh, these northern players. You know, uh, realistically, I, I'm sure like the listeners are just as bored as I am of listening to these success stories. We need a bit of character. We need a bit of character. And who 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 else can bring character than my cheap midfielder, John Walk? Now oh this God. guy, Ipswich Town, and that, well, an Ipswich Town legend without a doubt. This guy, he played in every position. I swear, down the down the middle. Um, by this time, he was playing midfield, and Ipswich unfortunately weren't really having a a great time. But he still got four goals and four assists. At the age of 36, uh, it was a penalty taker. He, he scored three penalties. So at four million, I, I, I think that's fair. He would have been dropping, 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 just like Ipswich Town. I assume he probably, you know, was quite happy they went down to the, the Division One at the time because it would have been a bit easier for him given his age. Um, oh. But I'm sure he was close to retirement. So Johnny Walk, he's my other sub. He'll be sitting on the bench keeping Klaus Thompson. Uh, his fellow teammate company on the bench that I'm sure they have a lot in common. Um, you know, <laughs> just, to let about... you guys, just to let you all know, Heath isn't an Ipswich fan, okay? Just to let no. you all know that. 
<laughs> no, I, but I, I do respect people who like tractors and, uh, you know, Ipswich, they're known for it, right? Yeah, John Walk on the bench with Klaus and now we're going to start talking about proper midfielders. All right, I'm going to start with, uh, I've, I've obviously, like I say, John Walk, 4 million. I'm going to go for my next cheapest, which is uh, a guy just like Julian Dix. He moved from Liverpool to, to West Ham. This is Don Hutchison who was an uh, attacking midfielder. He got nine goals, four assists. Again, can't compete with the Northern lads, but the guy basically found his, uh, his team after being let go by Liverpool. You know, kind of got West Ham safe. Uh, I think they were normally a fairly relegation-type team at that point, but they, they were fairly safe with him and a few other players. But yeah, Don goes in there as, you know, Quite a solid seven million for me. Quality player with Don Hutchinson, to be fair. I think um I think he was underappreciated at, at Liverpool. Um they didn't didn't give him the game time that he probably deserved. I think maybe they signed someone, I, don't, I can't remember maybe, but yeah, I remember him then getting sold to West Ham and I'm thinking, yeah, back in those days, good signing for West Ham. And his his stats showed that. I think um always had the talent and yeah, he had a full season with Liverpool where he actually played pretty well. Yeah. Um, so, and, and then I'm going to move on to some Tottenham assets. Um, we've got Nicky Barnby, who at the time was a very lively player, well known up the north because he, he went on to, to play for Middlesbrough after this. But got nine goals, six assists. I've put him down as eight million. You know, he was, he was, he was a very good player, always around the England team at that point, but never really an actual starter. And the reason for that is this is my, my next guy who is the guy who probably kept him out of the team, uh, Darren Anderson. Whenever he was fit, he was a very, Snick very good... Snick yeah, Snick he unfortunately would uh, would get injured quite a lot. But this season, I've put him down as 9 million. And that's just because I've got money to spend. You know, um, <laughs> he could be eight, he could be nine, he could be eight and a half. But I've got gone, in, gone with nine. I don't do half measures. And Anderson... He actually played 37 games. He's actually the only person I put down for stats. I put down how many appearances because most people probably listen to us going, well, how many appearances did he get? 37 that season, which is pretty impressive. Um, I, bet, he, I bet he didn't make that many appearances in a season ever again. Exactly. So he got five goals, 14 assists. He, this this is his build-up into a very successful year in 96 with England where it had McManaman on one side, Anderson oh. on the other. What a sexy um, winger force was, that was in 96. Oh, beautiful. I, I, honestly, I think I, whenever I play football manager, I have to have wingers, out-and-out out wingers. I think that's just because of what we were brought up with when we were in, when we were younger in the 90s. But So Anderton's at 9 million. Now, my next guy is a team of the season, man. All right. This guy, I, I think he gets into both teams, no problem. He gets into the, the overall team without a doubt. I don't think State you would. I actually think he could arguably be the best midfielder in the game. I put him down to seven million because he was playing for a relegation team, but he was their go-to guy. He was their main man. This is Matt Letizia at Southampton, who, you know, one club man never left. Should have left, really, if you ask me. But he got nineteen goals and fifteen assists that season for a relegation team. And I, I actually think 
it, this might have been the season where it was either this season or the season before where he had about two or three goals in, in the you know goal of the year award. I mean, the guy just scored goals like, and not just goals, but great goals regularly for fun. And the biggest shame about Letizia is, I personally think he. I love the fact that he's a one club man, but I think he should have moved on. He should have kind of worked on his fitness, and he should have become an England, you know, superstar. But it he, didn't quite work was, out. He was. He was like, yeah. I mean, I can't disagree. I, I couldn't argue against him. If Southampton were another team, this man would definitely be in my team. You know, his his goal records and everything. You know, he's probably. You know, I mean, you'd call him probably more like a number 10, wouldn't you, I suppose? So he'd be in like a midfield, attacking midfielder. But you look at his stats, I mean, those stats for that season, I mean, he scored more goals the previous season, but he didn't get as many assists. And Malatese, arguably the most, one of the most talented players to ever grace the Premier League. And and this, this is now going to be the first plug, all right, on this podcast. But I would highly recommend, if you haven't listened to it, quickly, Kevin... Um, podcast if you listen to that the one featuring Matt Letizia it's hilarious because he talks about how he used to just go to McDonald's before training and it it was just it's so funny to hear how he obviously cared but obviously didn't care that much about his fitness because he he was a natural talent it was still quality wasn't it still dominated games and teams you know with those stats I mean you know he's he's like um, I heard the story about I think it was in a I think Alan Shearer said it in his autobiography or somehow it wouldn't be marked by Paul McGrath once and Paul McGrath just smelled of booze and I think Paul McGrath was on session until about an hour or two before kickoff and was turned up but these players had those natural talent back then they could just do that couldn't they they could, they just, they could just turn up and they knew how to play no matter what state they were in Arsene Wenger ruined it for everyone didn't he that that bloody did yeah. Arsenal again Arsenal <laughs> Arsenal, I know we said no shit list this week, Eve, but sure, we need to put Arsenal on there. They ruined yeah. football. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, Arsenal, <laughs> but you've ruined football. Um, so that that's 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 my midfield. Um, I, I will as a, a little bit of a shout out to some of the options that didn't quite make the cut. Uh, John Solarco, probably wing at Crystal Palace. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out for him there, and Palace got relegated. If you if you don't know already, uh, Trevor Sinclair at QPR. Another lovely football player who uh, scored one of the best goals FA Cup against Barnsley. Over oh, the the, yeah, incredible. Oh, what a must strike. Have, must have seen it a million of times over the years, but the fact is it still looks great. If you he haven't had, seen he had it, great hairdo then as well. He had a great yeah, he had the dreads. He had the dreadlocks. Um, if, if anyone can get this to Trevor Sinclair, because he's obviously got a bowl head now and nice and shiny when he got, went, got really big into England in early 2002 in the World Cup. But before that, he had dreadlocks. Trevor, we loved the dreadlocks. They were they were cracking, and and so uh, they didn't quite make it as as two classy wingers. Even uh, Leonardson at Wimbledon, who then got his his move to Liverpool after I think it might have been the next season. But he was a very very good football player. His stats didn't quite add up, so he didn't quite make it in front of Don Hutchison. And and obviously he's not going to get there in front of John Walk because I couldn't convince you that Leonardson's a four million player so I did I did but to be fair I actually think I put John Walk in there because I assumed I'd have no money left and he was probably one of the first players on the team sheet if I'm being honest with you my last option who didn't quite make it 
he didn't quite make it because his stats weren't very good uh, and I don't think he played that much. But I had loads of stickers um, of this guy, Craig Maskell at Southampton. I swear I must have had about six of his stickers and no one wanted to swap with me with Craig Maskell. So I just had it like a, a, a squad full of stickers of, of Craig Maskell and he used to wind me up. You always used to have one of those, didn't you? And if you collect those Merlin sticker books back in those That's days. the one, yeah. Tim, Tim Breaker or Breaker, whatever you Breaker, want. Breaker, yeah. yeah. I always had a boatload of Andy Impey, who you've always already mentioned, I had a load of him. Um, other player I had a load of is a player I forgot to give a shout out to who got, came close in the midfield was Steve Stone at Notts Forest. You know, he, he did. He had a good season, you know, first, you know, first sort of full, you know, that year in the Premier League there um, where he was, you know, he, he had a couple of good years to be fair. I think you know he got he he got sort of on the fringes. I think he was he was in the Euro '96 England squad actually, but he didn't yeah. play because of the Matt Manaman and Anderson factor. But yeah, Stevie Stone. I mean, yeah, there was some of those players you used to always had lots of swapses in. No one wanted them because guess what? They had about a billion swapses with the same player. So yeah. And do you, do you remember, last thing I'll say about the stickers, the Merlin stickers, but do you remember Wimbledon? I swear to God, they used to always have massive faces on their pictures. Like It's like as if they came straight up to the camera. And yeah. it's like, all right, well, Robbie, they'd Robbie L, calm probably, down, mate. You know, I don't want to see you. Probably were just trying to intimidate the cameraman. They, exactly. They, never took, they never took the game face off, did the, you know, Vinnie Jones, you know, Robbie Earl, you won't mess with those fear. guys in the midfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mick Arthur up front, you know, and all that. And I mean, I think if you watch, you can watch the uh, the Wimbledon um, sort of um, documentary, which goes back to when they won the World the FA Cup. And even back then, you see John Fashion when talking about, and he was like, you know, we you know, we had this sort of reputation, and guess what? We we were proud of this reputation, and they kept pushing that and pushing that. For a number of years until, like I said, Wimbledon, unfortunately, when they got relegated, it, it just sort of ended. But, you know, they had a number of seasons in the Premier League where everyone couldn't believe, oh, this team just sort of doing, doing so well and, you know, keep, keep sort of staying up. Or, you know, they had a couple of top 10 finishes, but then once they got relegated, that worked for them. But, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they were a team of, of characters. And, and just like this Southern team that I'm, I'm I'm going to finish off uh, with with some strikers. There's, there's, there's a few more characters in here. Um, I, I think that maybe you've got the better team for quality, but I've got the more likable team. That's where I feel like I'm going to win this one. Huh? And I, I... <laughs> <laughs> so, never heard such nonsense in my life. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, I mean, okay, carry on. Um, I'll. I'll, I'll berate you for it. I'm, I'm in a corner here, mate. I'm trying to get out of it. All right. So, <laughs> digging right. deeper, digging so one, deeper. One thing I did notice, the one thing that I did notice about this was that because there's a lot of teams playing 4 4 2 back in those days, um, it did seem like the, the stats all fell to the strikers. So, there's a lot of good strikers to choose from. So, I'll go with my, my mentions first rather than the, you know, kind of best till last and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Dion Dublin could have got in there twice, but doesn't get in there at all now. Bless him. Unlucky Dion. Um, you got Dion, you got Dean, Dean Saunders at Aston Villa, scored a few goals. Uh, the, the Probably the person who loses out and is probably kicking himself because of his teammates is Teddy Sheringham. You can't get in there because of Anderton and Barmby. And there literally wasn't many good midfielders. So 
I've already got my strikers and your stats probably were slightly better than another striker. You had to kind of miss out this time. Because so that's, you chose the other striker. Yeah, so the, 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 the striker, um, the first striker, the one whose stats were close to showing him slightly worse, was his direct rival, Ian Wright. Again, like I say, character. What a lovely guy. You know, I'd say one of the best personalities in football even now. And, you know, I, I think with 18 goals, eight assists, definitely one of the best finishers in the league at that point. Carried on all the way through to when Wenger came in. I've got him down at 9 million. I think that that's fair. Um, might be a bit more, maybe slightly more. What, 9 million? Seriously? What are you thinking? Right back in those days, he was a renowned, pretty much, you know, getting you close to 20 goals a season, if not 20 goals a season striker. No. I'd the, say season, okay. season before, he got 23 goals and you're putting him in at 9 million. If All a right. player in the Premier League gets 23 goals, he's a 10 million man. He's a Jamie Vardy sort of. You know, sort of value and Jamie Vardy is what ten million. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take that argument and and I'll just go with it because again, got plenty you of got money. money to spare. Yeah. <laughs> so Ian Wright, you've you've been promoted to a from a nine million striker to a ten million striker, but you didn't come close to this next guy. And this next guy was easily one of my favorite players at the time, Leslie Ferdinand, QPR. Honestly. 24 goals, nine assists. I mean, the, the incredible stats when you think, again, QPR were just a mid-table team, didn't have much going on. In, in the end, Les Ferdinand went on to play for Newcastle and so close yet so far to that title with uh, Keegan. But he was, I loved him as a footballer because he he was quick, he was strong, he was good. Up, great, in, great, in yeah. great, He had a great, great left foot and and and, you know, decent right foot as well. The fact is that this guy, again, another one of those players, you just think, how did they not quite make it in England? But, you know, he was being kept out by Sheringham and Shearer. You know, there were other players, Fowler, Wright. There was, you know, a few other strikers. But it didn't quite work for Ferdinand, unfortunately. But he was a really talented player. I've got him down at 8 million. Um, For because God's sake, man! Q- this QPR. Is silly now. <laughs> Q- QPR, QPR, mid mid table team but going nowhere. No, it's different for strikers. Strikers don't fall under those quite. He's like a Bamford. Goal. He's like a Patrick Bamford. But he'd scored sixteen and twenty goals the previous two seasons. All right, and they'd uh, come uh, fifth and ninth. No. Uh, all right, let, let's promote him to nine million then. How about that? Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. All right, I'm still okay. All right, well, this last guy, this last guy, you you might have a word with me about this guy then because he's got any worse than your John Watt (laughs) quoting us. There's there's no there's no striker sitting on the bench here. I'll tell you that. Uh, this is arguably the best striker in the in in the league that year, made the team of the season with Big Matt. This is Jürgen, the German Klinsmann. And this is a guy who scored 20 goals, 10 assists. And I think he was around, he was around 35, 36 when he, he was at Spurs. Was assuming that he was going to have a couple of years at Tottenham and that was going to be it. And then he gets signed. It might have actually been slightly younger, maybe 33, 34, but... It was 30. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess... Um, in my mind, I was thinking when he, uh, he, when he resigned in 97 98, he was 33. That, that's what I was thinking of. But basically, yeah. at 30, he was thinking, 
all right, I can go to the English Premier League and I'm sure it'll probably be a little bit easier than the German League because the English Premier League didn't have as, as much quality as it, as it does now. And he ended up, you know, signing for Bayern Munich the next season. So he made the team of the year. Without him, Tottenham was, would have been screwed. And they they did, you know, he, he, I, I actually, I did see him, and you're going to laugh at this, at the time, I was going to Crystal Palace with my friend who's a Crystal Palace fan. <laughs> and and we used to save we used to save the money from a paper round to go to games. And um, we actually saw Klinsman uh, not this season, the, the season when he came back, and he was incredible then, such a good football player. Just it was a shame, really, that he had such he had such a bad reputation before he came to English football. But again, I love the fact that, celebration. Though, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love the fact that he mocked like himself. He was known as a diver, but then he scored a hat trick, I think, in his first game, didn't he, or something? And yeah, against and your that, boys, your your yeah. favourite team. Yeah, against Sheffield Wednesday, so he's always going to be a hero in my eyes. Um, <laughs> and and it, but then he did the he did the Klinsman dive celebration. That's right. So and I think fans just straight away just loved him because he had the personality and the character to do that and say, yeah, okay, I might dive a bit. So I'm going to dive as a celebration. And, and you know, I think, you know, I think that was probably in the 90s after he did that. That was probably the best the, the celebration that kids all love to do, you know, just to exactly. you know, wind up the parents so they muck it up a kid a bit more. But it was the most iconic celebration that English football knew, I think, in, in, in that time. Definitely. And obviously he would have been deeply disappointed after being knocked out by... Bulgaria in the World Cup in uh, '94, and he's come over to England, and he's uh, he's had uh, the time of his life at Tottenham, and they love. Price him. he put him at Heath. What price he got him down at? Uh, well, uh, he, he obviously came from you know he was at the age he was at the age of thirty, so he's getting on a bit. I put him at ten million. I think that's fair enough, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's eleven million. He's eleven million. I think I'm still okay then. All right, fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, Ronaldo's just come across at 30, like seven at 12 he's and a half. Not, he's not close. He's not close to Ronaldo. Come on. I mean, like, well, no, but good, still, back in those days, you know, Klinsman was a huge name. Huge name. Been at Inter Milan previous number of seasons winning things. You know, yeah, 11 million. Fine. Okay. No worries. I've, I've, I've added that in. So, um, that, yeah, that, and that, that concludes my seven teams. Yeah, you to be fair, you have some good strikers there. You needed to have good strikers because my strikers are still better, but you know, they're good. I can't argue with that. So where do you want me to start? Maybe just go with um Eric Lowest Cantona. Value first. Oh wait, Eric Cantona's not in there, right? Because he's no Cantona's he not in crowd, so. he's he's somewhere else. He's he's Plus, I've already used three Man United players up, so I can't I can't go kind of that. Right, I'll go with the the surprise package of the season, probably, when it comes to strikers that year. I mean, he, he had a good reputation from Division 1, getting helping, you know, this team get promoted to Division to the, the, the Premier League. But, again, no one expected Knox Forest to have a great season, probably. Not this good of a season. I think they were probably fancied to do all right, but... Not this good of a season. And Stan Collymore, 23-year-old striker at the time, played 37 games. He scored 23 goals and got six assists in his first 
proper season in the Premier League. I think he had a few games for Palace a few years before, but literally one or two. Um, and yeah, he went to Forest, made his name, he, and this season got him his big move to Liverpool. You know, got him his move to Liverpool. You know, he never had a better season like this season in the Premier League, and he'd have been cheap because no one were expecting him to deliver. It, you know, he's, I've put him in an, an Ivan Tony price now, six point five million. You know, and I think that's fair because you know Ivan Tony did brilliant in Championship, comes to Premier League, no real Premier League pedigree behind him, six point five million. Stan Collymore would be exactly the same. Differences. Colin Moore then went on and got 23 goals and six assists. His value by the end of the season must have been eight million. His value next season would have been got nine million plus nine, ten million probably for him, you know, because he signed for Liverpool as well. So, you know, big, bigger club, a bit more money probably be put down in him. So Stan Collymore, what a signing that is. 23 and goals. It, again, I mean another striker that never quite made it. Again, I mean, like Les Ferdinand, yeah. he, yeah. I think, arguably a, a better all-round striker than Ferdinand. But Ferdinand obviously had something more than Collymore because he extended his career for as long as he did. Mm. Collymore was both-footed, fantastic in the air, quick, and he yeah. didn't mind taking players on. But the fact yeah. is that, apart from this season, and then he had he had a brief time at Liverpool afterwards. A couple, couple of seasons, really in Liverpool, he scored over ten, yeah, he scored over ten goals in his in, in those two seasons at Liverpool, but. I don't think it will... I mean, his first season... He was a flop, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't... He, put it this way, yeah. Did he get as far as he could have done with the talent? No. But he scored that iconic goal for Liverpool later on, didn't he, when they beat Newcastle 4-3 in one oh, of the yeah. games. And um, I think it was, the, yeah, it was the first 4-3 game because they had two in a row, didn't they? <laughs> Which were epic. And um, but the first one, yeah, Colin Moore scored. But, Colin Moore know, closing in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And but you know he came he came third in the Premier League in those in his season with Notts Forest came third then fourth of his seasons with Liverpool you know he was always in a t- team that finished top ten basically up until sort of Leicester and Bradford times when you know it went you know didn't do as well but yeah I, you know I'm, he he could have gone on and done more definitely. But I mean, he was in an era where it was tough for you know English strikers because we had an abundance of them who could score goals, and that that leads me on to my next striker for um, who was again an underachiever at international levels. Really, he didn't get the look in though. Really, to be fair, and you, you sort of like thinking, how on earth, given you know at what this guy delivered on my next guy, he's now a, um, a property magnet. He just, you know, you know, he owns half of Liverpool. Great, and you know, he does all that. But he was a 19-year-old kid in 94, 95, you know, fresh on at the scene. You know, he'd 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 sort of hit the, the season before he'd come on as a as a young 18-year-old, scored a few goals in a few in a number of starts. This was his first full season, and he played 42 games for Liverpool. He scored 25 goals, he got six assists. Robbie Fowler is the man. Yeah, I mean, and this guy was an absolute quality goal scorer. He caught, he scored goals. He was like the new modern day Gary Lineker at that stage. I thought, you know, in terms of you know anything in the area, he was on it and he buried it. What a striker! Great season for him. Twenty five goals, six assists as an eight, a nineteen year old. You can't argue with the the quality there. So so yeah, Robbie Fowler comes in. 
He's nine million. I think that'll price him since he only played 27 games a year before, but he scored 12 goals. So I think playing for a big team like Liverpool is probably going to get a big price. So I'd put him down as nine million. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd probably maybe have him cheaper, but yeah, pro- you know, given he's starting, I'd say he's probably eight to nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he will call it Robbie Fowler, but again, didn't didn't make it for England because of the likes of Shearer and Sheringham. And, um, and again, you know, Fowler had those great seasons and then again, he sort of like faded off a little bit. Um, he had a bit of a resurgence. I mean, he had injuries, didn't he? You know, injuries started mm. him a little bit, which were caused. And then when he was trying to come back from those injuries, Michael Owen came along and, you know, was setting the world alight at Liverpool. So, you know, it made it tough. I think he had a good resurgence at Leeds, actually, for that season. I think he got a fair few goals for them, which were good. But he always knew where the back of the net was. Yeah, one of the best natural finishers. Again, another fantastic left foot. I mean, he could yeah. hit the ball. He scored some yeah. really, really interesting goals as well. Like, he'd mm. score goals where you think he's going to do something. He'd do something very different. Like, he would lob. Remember, he lobbed, he lobbed Schmeichel yeah. a couple of times yeah. or something. And he, he did yeah. score. He, he scored quite a lot of goals against United. And, and that kind of probably put him in the uh, territory of legends status for Liverpool just by doing that. But Oh, yeah. Definitely. Great, great, Definitely. great goal scorer. And yeah, it's just crazy to think how many good English strikers we had then. So I think I know who the last one's going to be. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's Julian Joachim at Leicester City, right? Well, Joachim was a very close call. I mean, I thought about it. I, I did think hard and thought, you know, he, 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 has, he has got that, you know, yeah, he's got something about him as the kid, you know. Chris Sutton was in there, you know. He was, I mean, he was close to the rest. Sutton, you know, he, had, he did well, but um, you know, his, his stats were all right, but they weren't because Colin Moore and Fowler's to be fair. So I'll, that's why he didn't get in there. Um, of other worthy notees, obviously Andy Cole started at Newcastle, finished at Man U, but you know, he, he would then come into play a bit later on. But the the man, he got PFA. Um, he got, I think he got um. PFA Players Player of the Year for this season. And uh, in my opinion, the Players Player of the Season is better than the, any of the others, to be fair, because that's where you play as actually your fellow professionals. Or if you play for a local club team, your, your teammates vote you the best player of the season. And and he got that for this year. He, as long, as, long as you don't get most improved, like, or, or no, yeah, no. or club, club clubman of the year. Clubman, yeah, clubman, yeah, yeah Good washing. Always good, yeah. But um, yeah, this guy, he was the main man for Blackburn until he then signed for Newcastle, and then he was the, a Newcastle player for the rest of his career. And I'm sure if he'd have gone to Manchester United instead of Newcastle, he'd have won about seven or eight more Premier League titles than just the one he got. But and he'd have probably won some FA Cups, Champions League or two, you know, you know, fair, fair bit more. But he always sticks to his gun, says he's happy with what he did. Fair play to him. Alan Shearer, that season, he's most prolific in the Premier League, 94 95. 34 goals, 13 assists in 42 games. Now, that's that's rather good. Um, it's got 30 plus goals a season before. So Shearer's in at 12 million. He's in a big money. Um, it could go at 12.5, given I think that's highest that the thing goes out. So I wouldn't have a problem with you up in half a million. But Alan Shearer, there's not a better. He's, he will have scored the most points in the fantasy league that year, without doubt. It'd have been my first name on my team sheet. 
there's nobody in that league that season we can compete with him. It's just a shame he didn't stay at Southampton. Because uh, if he had a done, I, I would have been laughing right now, wouldn't I? What, what about him? Shiro, top, Letizia, just behind him. Oh, crikey. But, yeah. I mean, but now nah, Blackburn had money, didn't they? They offered Southampton good money for the lads. And yeah. I, think, um, I think he repaid them quite well. And then Newcastle bought him for good money as well. And, um, yeah. You know, he was obviously quality for England as well. Scored a lot of goals. Um, and he... He, he was a striker again who scored lots of different goals. You know, he he didn't just score one type of goal. He scored great goals in the air. He scored poacher goals. He scored some belters from outside the air. Do you remember that volley for Newcastle, I think, against Everton? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was great. But, you know, in that season, I think um, a big moment for Blackburn that season was beating um, Man United 2-0 at home. And Shearer scored both goals. One was a header, one he got put through and just um, sort of half followed it past Schmeichel. Um, um, but yeah, he, he was just phenomenal last season. He was phenomenal for a number of years with Alan Shearer. Question for you, right? And this is a debate that I had with some of my mates the other week. Who's better? Are they all southern, your mates. Of course, yeah. Uh, shout out to the boys. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, who, who would you rather have? in your team right now Alan Shearer as in the Alan Shearer of that time or Harry Kane who who is who is the better striker Harry Kane do you really think that yeah I honestly can't believe you just said that I honestly I, I think Harry Kane is a fantastic striker but I, I think Alan Shearer is so much better personally um, Harry well, Kane's in, done well, very well why do you think Shearer was better? Well, I just think that, I mean, one of my mates said he fought Kane and he said, well, what's Shearer done that Kane hasn't? And I said, he won a league title. And that, that's it. That's it. That's what we need to do. That's all he um, needs to say, yeah? That's all he needs to know. I mean, Shearer had his injuries. I think that was the thing. He had, he had long-term injuries that meant that he couldn't score as many as he did. But had he not had those injuries... I don't think Kane gets close to his his goal scoring record, but maybe that makes the player by staying fit and depends how you see it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I know I said it quite confidently and you know you know pretty pretty well. Uh, I can feel some problem. backtracking. I'm here. not backtracking at all. Kane's <laughs> still my pick, but I've I've you know I've known that that would be my pick. You know. Pretty, pretty instantly. I'm, I think I'm like that with a lot of players. I'm, I'm pretty, I'd pretty much know most who I'd rather sort of, um, you know, see. And you know, I think if you compare the two, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you know what what Shearer did was was fantastic for for his club. You know, he had a couple of lean seasons and stuff like that. I just think you know with Harry Kane, I think it'll be close in terms of the goals scored. I think you know, I think. Kane keeps going how he's going at the moment. He's got a he's got a great chance of maybe equaling or bettering, you know, Shearer's goal scoring Premier League record. I mean, what's he on at the moment? Kane, is he 180, 185, 190, something like that? What Shearer 260, was he in Premier League? Like that, yeah. Um, so I mean, he's still got 80 goals to go, but if he has four more seasons in the Premier League and stays fit, which, you know, he's, he should easily get four more seasons in him. He doesn't leave the Premier League. Then, 
he's he's gonna he's probably gonna do it. You think? I think it's he's definitely gonna break the England goal scoring record. Yeah, um, it goes about saying. I think, yeah. yeah, I mean that's different though because there's a lot more friendlies played nowadays. Yeah. Um, although you know they've got rid of the friendlies for the Nations League, but that's still more games. Um, you know, and, and stuff. So it's I suppose a little bit different on that point, but I think. Do think Kane's just? I think Shearer had a great all-round game as well. But where Kane's just better because he scores just as many goals as Shearer does. But Kane's Kane creates more goals. He gets more assists. I'm pretty sure his assist record better. Um, and I think he's. Um, and I think you know when he drops deep, people get frustrated by that. But his passing range is just phenomenal as well. I reckon you know. So, but you know, don't get me wrong. I won't mind it. Even with my team, having both of my team, I'd be greater. Kane, if Kane moved up to Man City, I could have a legends team of Norman people of Kane and Shearer up front with a other. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's have a quick uh, run through. We'll go through your your team state. So just go through your team who who you picked, <clears throat> all fifteen, just quickly. Yeah. So, Peach Michael and that from Man United. Um, Gavin Moore from Leicester is the second choice keeper who doesn't play. Defenders Stuart Pearce, Knox Forest, Andy Hinchcliffe, Everton, David Weatherall, Leeds, Dennis Irwin, Manu, Peter Afferton, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, midfielders Brian Roy, Forest, Andre Kanchelskis, Manu, Rule Fox, Newcastle, Gary McAllister, Leeds, Gary Fleetcroft, Man City. Up top, Alan Shearer, Blackburn, Stan Collymore, Forest, Knox Forest, sorry. And Robbie Fowler at Liverpool. Okay. I so, valued them at 99.5 million. So oh, I have nice. a million to spare. Um, I, I've got, so for the Southern team, we've got Ludo McCloscoe, uh, Nigel Martin, the defenders, Steve Staunton, Julian Dix, Klaus Thompson, Warren Barton, and Andy Impey. The midfield, Matt Letizia, John Walk, Darren Anderton, Don Hutchison, Nicky Barmby. And the strikers, Jurgen Klinsmann, uh, Les Ferdinand, and Ian Wright. Now, let's combine this. Let's work out our full team. Um, I think it goes about saying that sure, um, I, I think Schmeichel gets in just um, as, as the overall best goalkeeper. I think Nigel Martin can creep in as the backup, right? Yeah. I'd You'd give me that, that, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, now, with defenders, I, I can't disagree with Hinchcliffe I can't disagree with Irwin and I can't disagree with Stuart Pearce I will be throwing Klaus Thompson in there as a cheap option <laughs> I do I think that goes without saying as well right and, and you know what I'm probably going to say when it comes to the midfielders right is Ipswich is uh, his teammate um, but now we've got to choose between Dix Staunton and Atherton and who's the other Weber guy Weatherall what we're thinking. Well, yeah, I suppose we've got our Klaus Thompson in there. We need a cheap well, no, option. Well, Thompson's in there. That's, that's, that's <laughs> oh, it. Right, oh, it's in so there. cheap. Oh, we've, got get, we've got to get value for money here, mate. But right, I forgot, I forgot that players. this partnership became a dictatorship all of a sudden. <laughs> 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 well, um, uh, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna push. Um, you know me, I'm, I, I would I would go with your guy if I felt that we should, but David Werrell got 17 clean sheets for Leeds that season. Um, and How many goals? Three. 
Julian Dix was on penalties. You knew he got 13 clean sheets. You knew he was on penalties. He was, and if he got a penalty, he scored the penalty. So you're basically sitting there each week. Don't think about the overall. Think about how you're feeling as you're, you're putting your team in, in 94, 95, you're sitting there and you're thinking, all right, I'm going to put Julian Dix in. It doesn't matter who they're playing because if they get a penalty, he's scoring that penalty. He only got five penalties, but he scored all five. Yeah. Is he in? Yes. <laughs> Come on. He goes in. He go goes on, big in. man. In you but go. That's only Even... because I'm getting pretty much the rest of the team. So yeah, yeah, all right. yeah. Okay, so midfield again goes without saying. Matt Letizia is in there without yeah. a doubt. Right. That, now, you can have Letizia. Yeah. I also um, give you Anderton as well. Anderton's in there. Brilliant, lovely stuff. And then we've got from your sides, Brian Roy, without a doubt, surely. Kanchelskis as well. Kanchelskis. And we need a cheap midfielder, right? Well, I've got well, I've got Gary Flitcroft, who got five goals, four assists in 37 games at 5.5. He's yeah, better than but... your John Walk. I'm not having John Walk. John Walk's cheaper. No. And he's 36. Look, brings experience. I'm, I'm, no, you know? and it, and if you're sitting there, kind of I giving think, the guys good encouragement, no, you know, he's I'm been giving, there, done that. Flickcroft's no, a young guy. He's no, probably out partying all night no, and brings the team no. around down. Seriously, Walk is Walk's out. I bet you what. Do you know why Walk's out? Because he was probably filming Escape to Victory at the time, which he was involved with, getting pissed with Bobby Moore and that lot. He you was. I, so, I think arguably he was the best actor in that film. But he. Bobby Moore there. Don't be stupid. <laughs> no, no. no. Look, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I will give you one, one guarantee. All right, I'm going to tell you a fact about Gary Flickroft that's going to basically make you realise that John Walk's our man, right? You spell Gary with one R. Flickroft, no. he had two R's in there. What the hell is that all about? That's, that's it, argument done. It was, it was Gowie, not, not Gary. He was Gowie. <laughs> yeah, it's like Jonathan Ross would say. <laughs> all right. Well, it, it's gonna break. It's gonna it's gonna break Klaus uh, Thompson's heart. But all right, we'll go with Gary. 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 Yeah. Uh, well, Flickcroft. Um, to be fair, I've just, you have no argument pushback because you just pulled the Julian Dixon, David Werewolf, the more better goals and assist ratio. So I've just done it with Gary Flickcroft to you. I've, I think Dix intimidated you. Into it, I, really. I, I think I think <laughs> Flickcroft's lovely curls intimidate you and your bloody Lloyd Christmas hairdo today. Look, you can't obviously see it, but he has done nothing with his hair today. Tonight's podcast, I'm very disappointed in that. He's just like, I mean, it's fluffy. I mean, I can't even believe his missus has let him come on this call with that. You know, shame. You know, give us some, tell her, tell her that I told her that. She's, she's not here. She doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> And she won't listen to this podcast either, so she'll never find out. All no, right, that's okay. <laughs> so, now, now let, let's. All right, this is the hard. This is the hard bit. All right, I, I think Ferdinand and Wright don't make it personally, but I do think Klinsman's got to be in there. Team of the season, he's got to be in there. Right. And I'm happy no. with Shearer. Just all right. Um, but yeah, obviously, I'll give you. Well, Fowler, I guess. Or Col- I would go well, Collymore. Collymore's a value for money. We'll go with Collymore. Yeah, we, we, we're going to need Collymore in there for the value for money. Um, I think that's that's a definite. And Shearer definitely goes in there as well. I, I, I think Ferdinand goes in before Klinsman. Really? But, but Klinsman, like I say, got team of the season. I mean, yeah, I, but, I don't get me wrong, I prefer Les Ferdinand. His, his stats are better. The, but You're picking at the start of the season, though. 
you know, you know, we don't know Klinsmann's at the, the end of the season, do we? Yeah, it's, but I think Ferdinand is the sort of player, you know, QPR, he's their main man. He's always going to be their main man. And, you know, he's going to score goals already at the start. I mean, yeah, you think Klinsmann's going to do that, but you've got other potentials at Spurs, you're thinking that. Well, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I, feel, I feel I feel sorry. I feel bad that I haven't fought Les's case more here, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna agree with you because if we agree Ferdinand being nine million, Klinsman being eleven, then value for money, he scored more goals, he's got one less assist. Big Les is in there. So we yeah. got so just to kind of recap, we've now got an ultimate team. Peter Schmeichel in goal, Nigel Martin as backup. That's going to be a set and forget there with Schmeichel staying in goal the whole season. Yeah. Um, then we've got Julian Dix, Andy Hinchcliffe, Stuart Pearce. Got a lot of left backs in this defence. That's right. <laughs> we've got, I'm missing someone from, who, who am I missing? Dennis Irwin. Dennis Irwin. Irwin and off left back. But and the main, the, the bench warmer himself, Klaus Thompson, as the, as the cheap defender. Then of our course. midfield. Play three at the back. Good play three at the back. Exactly. We've got Matt Letizier. We've got Gary Flickroft, um, <laughs> Darren Anderton. Then we have Andre Konchelskis yeah. and Brian, Brian Roy. And then sticking with the Nottingham Forest theme, we've got Stan Collymore as our cheapest striker. We've got Les Ferdinand and we've got the main man, Alan Shearer. And that is our team of the 1994-95 Premier League season. If you disagree with us, then good luck with that. But to be honest... <laughs> Make your own team and send it to us, yeah. We're, we're exhausted. Great. No, um, uh, jokes aside, uh, honestly, I absolutely love doing it. And um, you'll be hearing another one of these at some point. We might add it to our future podcast and, and maybe split it defend, um, by position over a handful of weeks. But love doing it and whatever feedback you want to add to this please get in touch with us on twitter and tell us we need to get this player in we needed john walk and not gary flickcroft we needed peter afferton and not julian dix tell us we, we needed anyone. anyone but not class Thompson. and and remember that we are working off of uh, Premier League years highlights on YouTube and our memories of when we were, like I said, around nine, ten years old. It was quite tough. So if you were a season ticket holder at Leeds United or at Southampton and you're looking at this and going, oh my God, they haven't even mentioned this guy. Give it yeah. to us. Throw it our way. We're that. all ears. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so no, lovely stuff. Say, well done, mate. I'm happy with your Northern team. Obviously, my team's full of character. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, I think on paper, you probably awesome would that. just about scrape it if you if we were doing a head to head like we are at the moment. Um, yeah. Just about, um, but yeah, that 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 finishes our 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 team of the past for the ninety four ninety five. Now, last week, uh, the, my main man state, he found himself in a in a bit of a. A bit of a, uh, a a tricky situation. He he failed at the quiz, found himself getting a fine, screwed him over for his his team this week, and now it's payback. Over to yes. you, big man. It is. So the quiz this week is going to be based on the 1994-1995 season. 
Lovely stuff. Yeah. I'm going to throw you a select questions. They will always be the same type of question. Some will be different. Some will, some will be good. But you're going to get two options on most of the questions. So you've got 50-50 chance, which I think is very fair. I'm confident, but, mate. I'm confident. First, first question. Who finished higher in the table in 94-95, Chelsea or Arsenal? Hmm. I'm, do you know what? I've, I've, I think I, I know this. I think it's Arsenal. And I think that Chelsea finished... I think Arsenal finished like 12th and I think Chelsea finished like 15th or 16th or something. So, Arsenal did finish 12th. You were, you were correct there. Chelsea finished 11th. Oh! oh. <laughs> it's in. What a start. Loved how you were... Got Arsenal bang on as well. That made yeah. my day. That did, you know. Me sit. I, sh- I could have made it a lot better for you by saying, "Oh, you are correct," and you'd have been really happy. And I went, "The Arsenal came twelve, but you know, <laughs> I should have done that." But never mind. I'll hey, edit it in. Heinz, yeah, Heinz, that's <laughs> a great thing. <laughs> so that's the first one, right? Second one in the PFA Team of the Year that season. Who had the most players from one club in that team out of Manchester United and Blackburn? Blackburn won the league. So on paper, they probably should. Man United, how many would they have? Do you know what? I feel this is a trick question, but I'm going to... I think I think you want me to go with um, Man United. So I'm going to go Blackburn Rovers. Here's the correct answer. Blackburn oh. Smashburn. <laughs> I, loved how, I loved how you were so worried about saying them, though. It was yeah. it basically, I knew you'd get it right, but the fact that I saw you like stressing about it was enjoyment enough. For me well, too. Like I said, I thought it was a trick question where it's like the team who won the league was, should have the most. It was a, a bluff trick question, if you get me. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I'm out there, right on it. <laughs> So then, barring Crystal Palace and Ipswich, which two of these four teams got relegated this season? Coventry City, Manchester City, Norwich City, or Leicester City? Uh, it, it's too easy. It's too easy. Um, it's Norwich City and Leicester City. That is correct. Well done. Things are going to get cranked up a notch now. Top scorers from Newcastle United and Leeds United both scored the same amount of goals, which was 12. Who scored those goals in the least amount of games? And the goal scorers were Peter Beardsley and Tony Yeboa. Hmm. I'd probably go with Yeboa. That is correct. <sighs> You're three, 3-1 up. Honestly, this three is what one. I was made. I, I was I was put on this planet for this exact moment. I've been I've been begging people to give me a 90s football quiz. <laughs> and it's finally come my way. I'm loving life. Fair enough. So this one isn't a 50-50 one. You get this right. Who scored the most goals in the Premier League season? Between 
Paul Rideout, Dion Dublin, and Uwe Rosler. It's definitely not Rideout. And I think the problem is here is I know how many around how many Dublin score, but uh, do you know what? I'm going to go with Dublin because I've got a feeling that Rosler came on the scene late in the day. I'm pretty sure Man City had Nal Quinn and Paul Walsh up front for a lot of the season. And then Rosler came in at the end, scored a fair few goals, but I'm going with Dublin, Dion Dublin. Yeah, Dublin scored the least amount of goals out of us. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is Uwe Rosler, who got 15. Paul Rideout, oh, who got 14. And Dion Dublin got 13. Oh, damn. Lucky for some, but not for you. This next question, if you get this right, I'll accept defeat straight away. Outside of Klaus Thompson and John Walk. Who was the next top scorer for Ipswich? I'll give you three options. Yeah, okay. I need them. You've got Steve Sedgley, Frank Yallop. Good old Frankie. And Alex Matthew. Oh, Alex Matthew was a striker. So, but did he play a lot? Definitely not Yallop. I'm, I'm, I'm I can't remember him playing that much. Or he might have done, but I don't... He didn't do much. one games that season. But he didn't do much. Um, <laughs> it <laughs> switched didn't do much that season. They didn't. They didn't. I just feel like it, Yallop is a name that I would have remembered if he'd have scored more goals than most, but I don't think it was him. So it was um, Maffey and who was the other guy? Oh, Sedgley. Steve Sedgley. Steve Sedgley. Steve Sedgley Ooh, yeah. It could be Steve Sedgley. It was like a centre midfielder. Trick question again. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Alex Murphy. Should have gone with Steve Sedgley. Steve Sedgley oh. was the correct answer. At least I was right about Yallop. Yeah, you were very right about him. He did nothing. <laughs> nothing. So, right then. 3-3. Three, three. Here we go. Big question now. Sheffield Wednesday had three strikers who scored goals in this season. Mark Bright, Guy Whittingham and David Hurst. Who scored the most goals? Oh, jeez. So again, my knowledge off the top of my head is that Guy Whittingham was a was like a sub-striker. He was like a guy who used to come on David Hurst was their main man. Mark Bright was probably... Oh, I don't think he scored that many goals. I mean, I think he scored goals, but I don't think he scored... I'm going to go with David Hurst. That is the incorrect answer. Oh. <laughs> Mark Bright scored the most that season. He got 11 goals that year. How many did Hurst get in? Three. Really? Guy Whittingham got nine. Hurst maybe Hurst was um I think he must he might have had a few injuries that season. Yeah, I think I'm thinking a season before that. So yeah. Oof, four three. Two questions remaining. Okay, I've got to get a comeback going on. So then you ready for this one, yeah? Born ready, mate. 
earlier on, I was talking about clean sheets in the game. Who got the most clean sheets in this season? Is it David James. Team? Okay. Or Pavel Cernicek. I feel like you want me to say Cernicek because James was a little bit erratic, but I'm going to go with David James. That is the correct answer. David James got 16. Pavel Cernicek got 13. It was a simple one. Newcastle conceded a lot of goals. They didn't keep yeah, as many clean sheets. I think, I think Liverpool did too as well, to be fair. But not as mm. many as Newcastle. Yeah. So then, Nervous. The, deciding, the deciding question. Who scored the most goals out of the England wingers from the 96 Euros in the squad? So you've got Steve McManaman, got Steve Stone, and Darren Anderton to choose from. Who scored the most goals in this season? Well, it certainly isn't Darren Anderson. It can't be. Um, again, I think you want me to say McManaman. I think you think that I'm going to say McManaman because he's a better player on paper. So I'm going to go for old Baldy. Steve Stone. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me give you some stats here, so. Darren Anderson scored five goals that season. Steve Stone scored five goals that season. Steve McManaman scored seven. So Steve McManaman is the correct answer. You are the weakest yeah. link he had. Good band. I, I, I'll be honest with you, mate, and, and I'm, I'm not kind of questioning your judgment here, but I do feel like when I was on a bit of a roll, you went from being a 50-50 shot to uh, a 33.33% shot. <laughs> I gave you one in three options, yes. I had, you you, you I had, thought to yourself, these are going to be really hard, he'll never get them. And then I started getting them, and you're like, I've got to make this three rather than two. It's too easy. <laughs> well, look at it this way. You screwed me over in the last quiz. True, true. You back. And I still yeah. gave you three options, so it wasn't exactly that bad. True, true. I mean, Yallop. That's all I'm going to say. Yallop. Exactly. That was easy. <laughs> that was pretty much a 50 50. And you got that one right, you know. <laughs> but it wasn't a 50 50. It was. Well, actually, no, you didn't get it right either. You went for Alex Matthew. It wasn't. <laughs> you scouted Frank Yallop because he was just there as a, as a spanner in the works to put you off the scent. And it, and it sort of worked too fair. So, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm very happy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, fine. Uh, have you got a fine up your sleeve? I do have a fine up my sleeve. You cannot captain Lukaku in the next game week. Okay. I mean, that's quite a nice one because you probably weren't captain in him anyway. But who are they playing? Well, I'm not going to tell you that now, am I? <laughs> the All right. Well, they're at home to Aston Villa. Oh, you've broken my heart because they haven't got <laughs> Martinez, they haven't got Mings. So, yeah, brilliant. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> no, um, mate, that was a great quiz. And like I say, I could do that all day long. But yeah, I, I, I think, uh, well, I hope that everyone in, enjoyed what we had to offer tonight. It is a bit nostalgic. And for anyone who, you know, wasn't into or never really had a fondness of 90s football, this podcast probably isn't for you today. Um, but for those who were, 
hopefully um you enjoyed it and we will definitely 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 be doing another team of the past in the future yeah but next next week we'll, we'll be recording later like we have done this week but we will be you know back to what we normally do game week review well, we might even do a, a preempted shit list who knows and we'll we'll be continue we'll be continuing on with our um you know the best player uh, to ever uh, you know be in FPL that'll be continuing next week but yeah from me uh, you know I'd like to again just say thank you to everyone for listening thank you for everyone who who joined up to the North versus South mini league and yeah I hope you're enjoying these and yeah it's it's a good night from me yeah good night everyone.